Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode six of Living Electric. For today's episode, we will be talking about some pretty exciting things regarding content production for Alex and my separate YouTube channels. Um, For today's episode, we are going to be discussing my full in-depth video of the Porsche Taycan and Alex's first impressions of the Mustang Mach-E. So you ready to get started, Alex? Yeah, let's get into it. We were kind of preparing for this podcast last minute we're like we started getting into all of our conversation on this so we <laughs> we hit record as quick as we could to save all our good conversation so yep <laughs> yeah Keep it fresh right that's right that's right yeah so so brandon you let's talk about your tycon video because that's what we were just <laughs> discussing uh first off great job on it i, I was just oh, telling you before you. this you did an awesome job um really in-depth video definitely recommend you guys go check it out because it it basically shows off every piece and part on the car what it does how it works um and brandon's very knowledgeable on that as he's told me so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with porsches <laughs> to say the least yeah yeah i you know to, to be honest, I've had the opportunity to record the Taycan for about a year now, and I never jumped on it just because of everything happening with the with the pandemic and everything in the um, you know world. And finally, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take full advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my old Tesla co-workers works at Porsche of North Olmsted, and um, he set me up with the uh, sales manager. And from there, that's how I got in touch with him to do a full in-depth video of the Taycan. Um, so I had the car for about 10 hours. Wow. So you got it all day. Was this last Saturday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Losing track of time. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so you were telling me you started out with the launch. That was like the first first experience with the car basically <laughs> pretty much so so when we were researching like where we wanted to go we found this massive solar farm uh in grafton ohio um i think it was like a three no maybe it was like a three to five megawatt um like solar farm so wow. it was massive okay and um it, luckily there was a pull-off to where we could do like some b-roll and like drone shots mm-hmm. of the solar panels with the Tycon. And um, what was really funny is the moment we pulled up, a police officer showed up. Of course. <laughs> and of course, perfect timing. And um, I immediately was panicking. I'm like, I can't record here. I can't, I can't do this here. It was perfect country road for launches. Yeah. And um, we asked him if it was okay. And he was like, yeah, have fun. Nice. So we had the whole country road to ourselves That's awesome. uh, for about an hour and a half. The the one thing I will say about the Taycan, we drove the Taycan 4S. So it was kind of the second trim level up from the base rear wheel drive. Okay. And, so it's kind of um, mid-tier in terms of the trims, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They have the so ba- this, what's the base called? Uh, just the Taycan. Just the Taycan. And then there's the 4S and then the mm-hmm. Turbo. Yep. And then Turbo S. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, wow. so you know Guessed your Porsche right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't even didn't yeah. even look it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, so you you know your stuff. <laughs> um, but the the really cool thing about the Taycan 4S is, um, unlike other electric vehicles, it has a two speed gearbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first, you know, it's funny because like I I heard about the gear 
um, gear changes. Like yeah. from all the videos I've watched, they've always said you can feel it. And I never expected it to feel like that. Hmm. Um, so what's really cool about the um, Tycon is when you put it in Sport Plus mode and you put your foot on the brake and on the accelerator, it engages launch mode. Mm-hmm. And because it has um, speakers all around the vehicle and inside the vehicle, it produces what they call like the sport sound. Oh, which okay to me sounded like a mixture of like the rumble of like a combustion engine mixed with like electrification. And then you feel that first gear the moment you take your foot off the brake. And then it's like slides right into second and it throws you back. Wow. So there's almost like two lurches almost like it's not, mm -hmm. it's almost like a downshift type thing where you're like, correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Unlike, you know, like, um, I haven't driven any of, like, the new performance Teslas, but, Mm -hmm. like, I've driven, like, the P100D a few years ago. The 4S, because of that two-speed gearbox, impressed me more than the P100D did. Yeah. That's Um, crazy. I wonder if more... more, Yeah, I wonder if more cars are going to go that way. Usually, like, EVs will just do the single speed because, like, you've got instant torque right away, but, like, you Mm -hmm. can almost, like... It sounds like they're kind of using that to up the torque even more, like with the two speed. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they call it overboost um, when you put your like the Tycon in launch mode. Okay. Um, I I don't necessarily know like the technical details, but it sounds like it kind of almost like spins the motor up. Yeah. So like you're getting max torque out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually raises the torque figures by almost eighty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the like insane mode on the uh, or ludicrous mode, I guess now on the on the Model S is like that, where it'll like pre-spin up the motors. So like as soon as mm-hmm. you let off the brake, it's like already moving per se. <laughs> like the motors yeah. already spun up, it just engages <laughs> yeah. the wheels, um, yeah. which is yeah. just crazy. Like <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I know. I, I've never tried launch mode in a Tesla. Really? Before. I don't. Have you? I've done it once. Um, it was on a P85D though. I haven't done the okay. full P100D. I should reach out to our tesla owners group and see if somebody let me do that <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, I'll come down to columbus yeah it. there you go yeah i i i would like to, i've seen a lot of like the zero to 60 test videos that some of the bigger channels have done with like a model s versus a tycon and i wonder like mm-hmm. what that actually feels like if you can notice a difference between the two because i haven't i haven't done been in like one of the latest like raven model s's so oh same yeah yeah, I, I will say based on like my impression, what I knew about like the P100D, you know, like Model S and like the those performance, the Taycan 4S blew my mind. Um, I was not expecting that two-speed gearbox to impress me that much. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was just the 4S. Like I can't imagine. Like, yeah, the turbo it goes up two more gears after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine what that what that would feel like. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, what was your impression of like the just overall driving? How did it compare to your bolts or even like Tesla's you've driven? I mean, it might not even be a comparison between a bolt, but <laughs> no. no. Um, I, I will say driving the the Maki and the Taycan, it was amazing getting into a real car. <laughs> like to actually feel like you're in a solid vehicle. Yeah, just impressed me. Um, but I think the biggest thing that surprised me about the Taycan is that it looks big on the outside but Mm -hmm. it feels incredibly small on the inside and i don't mean that like it's a tight cabin but it feels like you're in a coupe yeah you're kind of tucked in there mm -hmm. there's no blind spots um everything was wide open um i didn't have any issues seeing out the windows 
Um, but the fit and finish, I mean, it was pure Porsche, yeah. like the materials and everything. Um, the only thing that I didn't really like is that I feel like some of the software could be improved. Um, okay. uh, Apple, Apple CarPlay froze, like the whole touchscreen like crashed really? one time. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I didn't, I was, it was when we first picked up the car, so I couldn't show that in the video. Mm. Um, it was fine afterwards, okay. um, but there was just some, some like, um, lagging. Yeah. yeah, that's one that's one spot where I feel like Tesla just blows everybody out of the water is their mm -hmm. touchscreen interface. Like it feels like you're using an iPad instead yeah. of like I get in any other car with a touchscreen. It's like laggy, like this is a brand new brand new car sometimes. And like you drag your finger and then the volume knob moves or the volume moves after like a second. <laughs> like it should <laughs> right. not take that long. Um, no, no, it should not. Yeah, I, I will say, um, you know, with like all the screens uh, within the Taycan, they all w were very responsive. Um, but good. the one that I was really impressed with was the middle 8.4 inch screen where you like control your climate and like you can like, um, it's all haptic feedback. Yeah. So like you almost feel like you're pressing in the screen. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. But I, I will say like, you know, the, the last thing I'll, I'll say about the Taycan is just how every day of a vehicle it could be. Um, it was so comfortable riding on the highway, driving in like city traffic. It just felt like a normal car until yeah. you punched it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, one thing yeah. I, I remember from your review. You said like the um, like you can't hear anything in the cabin. Like it's extremely well insulated. Like it's clearly mm -hmm. a luxury car. Like they're trying yeah. to make it comfortable, but also performance. So it sounds like yeah. they really, really nailed it with that. So um, yeah, they really I'm did. hoping a lot of Porsche like people that buy expensive Porsches will look towards a Taycan and like realize how good electric vehicles can be, especially if they're just looking for a fun car um, yeah. that they're not going to take yeah. all over the country. So I, I will, I will say um, when I was at the dealership, a model S pulled up who was looking at a Taycan really? and uh, the, yeah. And, and the sales, the sales group there was telling me that they can't keep Taycans on the lot. Um, they recently actually posted on Instagram. They just got 16 new Tycons in because they keep selling wow. them. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> after experiencing it, I can see why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you got that kind of money, I think that's definitely mm -hmm. something to look at. So Alex, your, uh, Mach-E video. Do you want yeah, to tell us about that? Haven't even started editing it, but I can give you my, uh, <laughs> my impressions on the car. Um, it is big. That was like the biggest thing I noticed. Um, no pun intended, but <laughs> the uh, <laughs> like it's it's legit an SUV. Um, it I've been in Mustangs and it didn't it didn't feel like a Mustang uh, besides the performance aspect of it. But just the size of it, I think, stood out a lot to me. Um, coming from my Model Three, kind of a smaller like compact car. Trunk space is decent, but it's not huge. I mean, back seats are all right size. But in the in the Maki, it almost felt like being in like a minivan almost is like what I equated it to just because of how like <laughs> comfortable on the inside it was like nothing gets minivans mm -hmm. like they just they ride a little bit differently and they're like really big on the inside. And that's legit what it felt like. Um, yeah. And it sat up really high. Driving was was interesting because similar to the Porsche, I believe it had some like artificial engine noise in there. Um, mm -hmm. because when, when you punch it, it, it does kind of like the, the motor rev up, um, like electricity type sound, but then it also had like the rumble there. 
So mm-hmm. I did it with my my friend Voss actually over in Dayton. He does he has a car channel too, but he does he does a mix of EVs and and ICE cars. Um, but he noticed it too. He's like, once you from zero to forty, it's like a regular electric car, and then like after forty, you can almost hear like a little rumble, like it's a gas car, um, which I thought was really interesting because I hadn't really experienced that in an EV yet. I've like I've yeah. been in like yeah. Nissan Leafs and Bolts, and like <laughs> it's just like a whine the whole time. Um, but like, I think, I think a lot of companies are starting to pay attention more to how their cars sound, even if they are EVs, because that's a big part of the car experience for a lot of people is like what your Definitely. car sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's a big gripe I hear from people that are like turned off from EVs. That's the first thing it's like, oh, they've got no soul. Like they don't, uh, they don't sound good. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like a very superficial thing, but that's something that people are looking for in cars. So. Yeah, I, I, I will say, um, you know, based on the, the topic of like um, EV, like um, I, I want to say like uh, not modified sound, but like um, just artificial sound, I guess you could yeah. say um, the the Taycan sport sound was way louder than I expected it to be. Really? Um, there was at one point where I couldn't even like hear myself. <laughs> like it was so loud. Can you adjust? <laughs> but that it sounded so good. What was that? Can you adjust those like sound levels on it all? Could you say like? Uh, no, it's I know only you can turn off, it off, but yeah, yeah. But um, it, it sounded good. like I got used to it. Uh, like it sounded good eventually, mm-hmm. but at first I'm like, wow, this is really loud. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, like um, I, I've driven the Maki as well. Um, I think it's unbridled mode is where yeah, you can hear that like right. the rumbling, mm-hmm. and I was I was shocked with how loud it is too. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially coming from a car that you're not used to hearing sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we didn't yeah. we didn't mess around with the settings too much to see if you could like turn that off or on. But it's, I mean, I kind of liked it honestly. It felt like being back in a gas car just with like a little more oomph to it because yeah. you got that those yeah. electric motors. So yeah, that was I that agree. was interesting. Um, the the trunk is really weird too. Did yours have like the weird like apron thing on the back of the trunk? I don't know how much you even remember if you even noticed that, but <laughs> I, yeah. So the one I drove, it was a select trim. It okay. was all wheel drive, so it was like the base one. Okay. I don't know if it had an apron. Like, are you are you talking like the privacy screen? Yeah, something like that. It what? was it was very strange. I've got it on video. I'll have to show it to you. But like when you open the trunk, there's like this little um, apron that like covers the rear window. It almost looks like a sunshade for like when your trunk is open. It's really odd. Interesting. That was like one of the weird quirks I noticed, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was. But then when it's closed, it almost forms like a little like trampoline shelf type thing, like right behind the rear seats. I don't know what it was for. (laughs) So (laughs) like it didn't look look like it would be strong enough to hold anything, but just like a weird thing I noticed. Um, Interesting. But similar to the Porsche, it had CarPlay, um, Android Auto, like all that kind of stuff. but really felt like a normal car, honestly. Mm-hmm. The the touchscreen is easily like the weirdest part in that car, I think, because it's got that giant yeah. like vertical touchscreen. I agree. So you've got the regular the regular dash up front, which is all digital, and then you've got this big. I don't know what size it is. It seemed about the same size as I, my Model Three touchscreen, just like I vertical. Think I think it's 15, 15, 15 inches. inches. That sounds yeah. right. And then yeah. you've got this big knob right in the middle on the bottom of the touchscreen, which I believe only does volume. Like that's only volume control and that's all. So instead of like, that's the only physical button that controls anything on the touchscreen. Everything else is pretty much digital on the touchscreen. Um, 
but I thought that was strange. Like I, I it almost felt like it, it took up too much room on the touchscreen. Like that's like a good four inch like square space that you could put something else. Um, especially when you've got like volume control on your, uh, on your steering wheel. So mm-hmm. that was another like kind of weird thing. I'm not sure exactly why they went with that design choice, but I think it is nice to have some physical controls. Like that's one thing I'm kind of noticing now that I've been driving other cars is like, I think Tesla really takes it too far with touchscreen controls sometimes where like yeah. things, some things need to be like physical controls driving a car. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. You know, like even like reflecting back on like the Taycan, like there was no physical buttons except for like what's on the, um, the steering wheel. I was going to say, yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Cause your, yeah. your AC is on that little touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Same with volume. Yeah. Uh, and yeah media controls stuff like that mm-hmm. it's pretty much all right there um i will say from from my experience with the maki with the touchscreen the biggest gripe i had with it is that um and tyler would even agree with this too the climate control system was all the way at the bottom of the screen mm. and when you're driving it's really hard to look down at the bottom of the screen mm. select your temperature and then you know keep going it's yeah almost like a guessing game yeah i thought that was odd too um i noticed when i was driving that like uh, like your field of view, you want to keep it like up looking at the road. So like the more you have to look down at something, that's like when, when accidents are going to occur, like the farther <laughs> your eyes get away from the road. So I thought it was strange being like a brand new EV on the market. And like most people are kind of switching to horizontal screens now that they went mm-hmm. with the the big vertical screen. So yeah. what did you think about the fit and finish? I it seemed really good. We tried the, I believe we had the premium trim. So it was like okay. one of the higher end one. It had leather leather seats, like all that kind of stuff. But it seemed it seemed really good. Only thing that was like a little weird was the back seat. Like you could like I was just hopping in the back seat and I noticed like you could lift up on the back seat and it like wiggled a ton. Oh. That was like the only thing I noticed that was like a little off, but I mean, honestly it looks it looks really good. So yeah, I, I was impressed with that. Um, immediately, like when we got on the road, I could feel just how solid of yeah. a car it was. Yeah. Um, and like I've driven Fords, and that was like the first Ford that I'm like, wow, this feels really well made. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that was another wow. My Bolt feels like a tin can <laughs> <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's a big way that like people are cutting corners with EVs to get the cost down is like just using cheap materials on the interior. Cause that's like an easy way to cut costs and you can make cheap materials look good sometimes, even if they don't mm. like perform that well. I, I did hear that um, the Mach-E was actually designed to be almost like a Lincoln level vehicle. Oh yeah. Cause they're on the same umbrella, right? Ford, mm-hmm. Ford owns Lincoln, right? Yep. And apparently, um, some information leaked that uh, Lincoln is working on two electric vehicles um, mm. that will be built out of the same factory that the Maki is made out of. Gotcha. So probably similar yeah. kind of chassis design and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I will say from from driving the Maki from like a like in car enthusiast perspective, I wish that it felt like a Mustang. Like it. it did like it definitely felt sporty but i agree with you like it felt big yeah um it's like the steering very clearly an suv like (laughs) very yeah very like you can definitely tell Mm -hmm. um but i wish the steering was heavier um especially even if it was just a select trim Mm. um that i drove i wish it was more performance oriented yeah um so hopefully there'll be some type of um maybe it's software or yeah maybe physical improvement maybe yeah 
but I was impressed. I honestly would consider that as Definitely. a uh, replacement for my bolt. <laughs> I think, I think I always say this: like if if somebody's not looking for all the tech and all the like like high barrier to entry almost that like a lot of the Tesla vehicles have, like the Machi mm-hmm. is like a great alternative to the Model Y. Um, like it seems like it'll it'll fit a lot of people's needs for what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, because there are not a lot of EVs in that kind of like price range that get the range and have like mm-hmm. the cabin space and the in the cargo space that the Maki has. So, yeah. yeah, and I already know that they're really well regarded. I mean, like I'm part of the Maki group on Facebook, and okay. every day I'm seeing like ten or twelve new like new owners. Yeah, um, they're selling like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> and I'm curious if More. those are like I doubt those are Mustang owners too, or like people are uh, buying it because it's a Mustang. Like I kind of some of that. them are really actually That's yeah surprising. some of them are huh. yeah there, there's some cool photos of them with like their I think it was like a 1966 Mustang wow. next to their like rapid red Machi. Okay, I'm wrong. It's pretty then. cool. <laughs> that's yeah. really neat <laughs> yeah yeah so um alex I, I i know that like we haven't like actually had a episode on like content production like yeah. i think this is one of our first one um so you've been producing youtube videos for a few years now yeah um what as a content producer have you felt like you've improved on recently like as like through some of your new videos especially like with the maki oh man um i feel like i kind of know what shots to get now of like what Mm -hmm. what people are going to be interested in i noticed that when i was like shooting the maki video is like i probably don't need to get like shots of this thing because like that doesn't really add a lot of value but like kind of thinking through the video in my head as i'm as i'm going and knowing what what i need to get footage of um i will say having I got this mount, which has been like the biggest help ever. Um, it's like a it's like a double suction mount that I can mount to the roof of my car and get like really yeah, good yeah. in car footage um, instead yeah. of just like sticking a GoPro up there. And that like instantly ups the quality of like in car driving shots. Um, so that's helped a ton. Um, I think just in general, kind of knowing like what gear to use and what what stuff to use in certain situations helps a lot. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing and then just kind of overall quality of videos yeah so i think i think biggest thing though is just kind of knowing um what i need to record and what kind of what kind of video i need to get um i've also realized it definitely helps having a second person with you there too to get (laughs) to get video of things and show you things (laughs) set things up otherwise you're like setting it up on a tripod connecting your camera to your phone running back to like get in the frame oh i'm out of focus gotta run back and set focus gotta like (laughs) run back and adjust the camera (laughs) like all of that i think just like even speed of videos too like that's that's been a big improvement i don't know it's it comes from a lot of different facets and i like try to reevaluate after every video to see like what i can do better (laughs) so yeah yeah Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's good to self-reflect definitely, and, and learn from that. What about for you? So for me, I definitely, um, I'm realizing that I'm starting to become more comfortable that with recording in public. Mm. Um, and it's getting to the point where I'm blocking everything out except for the camera, um, which is good and bad yeah. <laughs> because people like walk <laughs> behind me and I have no idea they're even behind me. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I'm so focused. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like my personality is starting to come out more. I'm not as nervous to talk in front of a camera anymore. Definitely. 
Um, I am starting to um, focus more on B-roll, um, focusing more on getting shots, um, getting more comfortable with using my drone um, ever since the accident last year of crashing it into <laughs> my car. Uh, <laughs> which, fun fact, driving the Taycan was the first time that I used the drone in a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. Um, I got yeah, a drone story so. for you after you're done. Oh, you do? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um but, but I think the biggest thing is practicing um, yeah. because prior to going to record the Taycan, we spent all week, almost like two hours every night going outside, doing like B-rolls of both of our cars, oh, um, nice. like practicing with the gimbals, with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I made sure my audio was perfect. I was buying new adapters, like, <laughs> um, but it, it just comes with practice. I, I think for me, that's the thing that I'm improving with is just making sure I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that goes yeah. underappreciated too. Um, when people see like content production, they're like, Oh, I could do that. It's like, mm. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like it takes it, a it, lot of practice to like understand what to do when you're shooting a video, mm-hmm. like even something as small as like the shorts we've been doing, like those take a lot more effort than I think people realize. Um, yeah. Did you shoot it yeah. with your, uh, your wireless mic? I did. Okay. Um, so fun facts, I have been using all my microphones wrong for probably almost a year. No way, really? Uh, y- yes, yep. Um, so I guess when you buy a Rode microphone and you use your, like your mobile phone, the adapter that they include, I can't remember like the technical term. I think it's like TSR or TRS. Mm-hmm. And there's, this is so nerdy. Um, there's two, if you look at the uh, 3.5 millimeter input, yeah. there's two black rings, which means that it's only for audio in. Yeah. So like if I, um, so like if I plugged my phone in, um, so the entire time I've been using my iPhone microphone without knowing, thinking I'm using the other one. No way. So Rode doesn't tell you this, but they have an adapter that allows you to do audio in and out, but it's only for mobile devices. Okay. So I had to overnight ship that in for the Tycon video. <laughs> I was going to show you. I've got a... This is the adapter oh, yeah. I use. Yep. It's probably something similar to that. Th- yep. That That's exactly it. I I actually don't have it near me, but um, that is what Rode provides to you. Okay. So that that works with like DSLR cameras, but like the if you're using... I don't know if I can... It's not focusing. <laughs> You're doing like a makeup tutorial thing. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, just like that with the three rings. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the entire time, I'm like, why is my audio so bad? I've never been using a single one of my microphones the right way. Oh man. <laughs> practice. It takes practice. Definitely. And research. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. I actually, yeah. when I I have like a wired lav mic. This is like. Again, getting nerdy, nerdy, but <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, same thing. It came with just the, uh, just like the two prong or the three prong design. And then to work mm-hmm. on my camera, I need a two prong, um, to get onto like, to use it on my actual DSLR to plug in there. And I didn't realize, cause I thought, oh, this, this microphone just doesn't work on this camera. Like yeah, <laughs> that was the conclusion yeah. I came to, but didn't realize yeah, I- there were like an adapter for that thing. Yeah, you know, I I felt the same way. I kept thinking, why is my why does it sound like I'm so far away when I have my you know lavalier mic like right by my mouth? Yeah, I was using my iPhone microphone without mm. knowing. <laughs> um, but I will say the Rode wireless. I think it's like the Wireless Go yeah. kit. 
like the the wireless one it's awesome i need to get it one of those really well. especially if yeah. when you're like your tycon video like i could tell the audio was like even when he like turned away like it sounded really good because it's like yeah. just <laughs> it's right next to your mouth so it can pick everything up really well mm-hmm yeah, I highly recommend them, especially if they go on sale. I would definitely pick yeah. them up if you can. Audio goes yeah. so overlooked in video production, mm-hmm. too. It's such an easy thing to be like, oh, like, we've got a really good camera. Like, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and nope. audio is like a bigger, you I feel like both. it's a bigger part because you could have like a really crappy video. But if your audio is good, that can that could really bump up the quality really quickly. So, yeah, absolutely. I've even yeah. noticed I, I shoot with the, the road, um, this big like shotgun mic basically you probably seen it that i like attached to the top oh, of yeah. my camera <laughs> it um, looks like a cattail <laughs> yeah it's got the got the cattail on it for out in the wind um but i've noticed if i'm shooting a video in my room i have to put pillows up behind the mic so it absorb absorbs oh, sound it, yeah. so if you watch like some of my videos in my new office space um the audio is like super echoey the first t- couple times I shot. And then the only difference between that and like my newer videos is I put pillows up now when I record and it's like <laughs> buttery smooth now. So <laughs> just hilarious. I, I have yet to see if my microphone picks up echoes because I haven't used it correctly. <laughs> I'll find out this weekend. There you go. I will find out this weekend. On the topic of content production, what is one quirky thing that you've had to do to ensure that the video take goes correctly? A quirky thing. Yeah, like something. Do you have that, an like, answer to this? To, like, like, you, do like, you have something in mind, or? Um, I'm trying to think of one too. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I guess well, you were a... talking about your pillows. Yeah, but... like that's that's probably a quirky thing. I don't know. It's a lot of like gear stuff. Like yeah. I think f- I seriously like especially shooting a car video. Like when you've got to do a lot of different shots and you got to have your your camera mounted in different places. Like car video car videos are so hard to shoot. That's why I shoot so much of my like videos just in my room here because I have a controlled space and <laughs> audio and camera <laughs> right. and everything like that. I know. I guess not a quirky thing, but the I've noticed shooting in broad daylight is really tough with a DSLR because I can drop the ISO all the way down, which mm. ISO for the non-camera nerds is like basically the sensitivity of your camera to light. Like you can drop, you can adjust that. So I drop that all the way down to like a hundred, which is the lowest my camera goes, and even at a hundred, like everything behind the car is like super bright and like you got these huge reflections off the car um and i got a polarizer for it which basically like cuts out any light that isn't um like coming directly into the camera um it's like polarized sunglasses honestly it like reduces a ton of glare and you can adjust it to like kind of move it into the right spot and that's that like darkens the camera a lot too um and makes makes a lot of the shots look a lot better so Nice. Yeah, I, I was looking into those lenses for my iPhone, but yeah. I think eventually I'm going to move up to a DSLR. <laughs> a, I think it's definitely actually, the way to go. Like you can do a lot with an iPhone, but if you want like that manual control, I really like having a DSLR. Even like we're <laughs> shooting right now, I showed Brandon how I'm using it as a webcam, like for a Zoom yeah. call right now, and it looks it super looks really clear. good. <laughs> so yeah, super clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say the one quirky thing that I've had to do with video um, take was when I first started recording videos, like with my first YouTube video or uh, channel. Um, I had to prop up my laptop because I was using my webcam on a uh, old Microsoft laptop. And I had to prop it up on, 
I think it was like four Harry Potter books. <laughs> and literally, it just looked like a pure webcam video. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. But I had to get that angle, you know? <laughs> and I had like all the lights on. I think I brought in like five different lamps. <laughs> really bad lighting. That's what you got to do. <laughs> so, drone story. Um, yes. Shooting the Mach E video. Um, Voss has a. Voss has a drone. He's got the Mavic Air 2, I think. Oh, yeah, that's a nice one. It's Yeah, it's like a $1,000 drone. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we're getting some cool, like, rolling shots. I was driving the car. He was in the passenger seat controlling the drone of me, like, driving around. Um, and we're in the parking lot at this point, and there's trees on either side of the parking lot. And he's got the drone up, like, super high. Um and I was just like going in reverse to kind of like get in position to do the next drone shot. And he's moving the drone around and all of a sudden just smokes this tree. Um, like <laughs> no. the drones, like I'm sure yours is similar, but you only have like your tiny iPhone screen to see it. It's not mm -hmm. very like wide angle. You can't see behind you or next to you or anywhere. It's only where the camera's mm -hmm. pointed. Yep. So he lands it in this tree um, and it's stuck. We park the car. We try to like, uh, see if we get it down but it's like this it's next to like a three-story building it's above the roof line on this building like it's way up there we're not gonna be able to get it down um so we go into the business that's at, that's there it's some kind of like manufacturing facility like warehouse type deal and so one of the employees just lets us in this building <laughs> so we get in we go talk to like some manager person we're like hi we uh we accidentally got our drone stuck in one of the trees out here. Is there any way to like get up on the roof to see if we can grab it? And they're like, uh, no, we we don't have roof access in this building. Like, they, if they do any roof access, somebody has to get a ladder out and like go up there to fix things or do maintenance or whatever. Yeah. So we kind of nix that plan. Can't really do anything. Um, we end up just leaving it up there because it's pretty stuck. Like, it's not even gonna like fall down. Um, the way it was sitting on one of the branches. He can't even like rev the motors to get it to like flip out of there or do anything. So he leaves it. We kind of wrap up shooting. No more drone shots, obviously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I end up leaving. I was over in Dayton. So like I had to get home. So I ended up leaving. Um, on my drive home, he texts me and he says, I got the drone down. I'm like how? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> apparently he hired a tree climber to go get it so this guy like climbs trees for like tree trimming and stuff if oh, you can't get okay. like a truck to wherever you need to trim the tree yeah um yeah and he climbed all the way up in this tree um got the drone down didn't have like a scratch on it like it landed so softly in the branches so drones wow. completely fine got all the footage yeah. and you'll see it in my video <laughs> so yeah. I, I was curious like how do you hire a tree climber <laughs> he said he found him on facebook too oh like facebook marketplace or something like that this dude was just advertising his tree climbing abilities wow. <laughs> so oh, that's a, that's good yeah <laughs> everything worked out that's right yeah yeah, I, I remember crashing my drone into a tree. It was the first time I flew my drone, oh, and it went no. right into a tree. Yeah. Yeah, but it fell out. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, like, my biggest fun. scare getting a drone is, like, I, I feel like I'm just going to crash it, like, immediately. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try you know, to do something it's, dumb. It's tough because, like, the ones that have, like, the crash avoidance, like, sensors and, like, object avoidance sensors are, like, $1,500 mm -hmm. or more. Yeah. Yeah, but... 
I think it's worth it. I mean, the one we have crashes into anything, and I'm like, okay, let's just go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do you have a DJI? Happens. Yeah, it's the um, Mavic Mini. Mavic Mini, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have. It's called the Fly More Kit. So like, you get like extra batteries and things I've like seen that. that. I really, yeah. I like it. I think it does a decent job for the price point. Yeah. Um, but it it has no avoidance sensors. You can literally crash it in anything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> which i did also are they would they technically be electric vehicles if they're not carrying anything what was that are they are drones technically electric vehicles yeah (laughs) they they might be (laughs) i mean they're battery powered they're battery powered so yeah 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 i I have my charging station right next to me (laughs) (laughs) well i'm excited to see your mach-e video yeah, like I said, I still got I got kind of got to get my thoughts together. They weren't too concise on this episode, but it'll hopefully be coming out Sunday. I've been posting Sunday consistently this whole year so far, so yeah, trying nice. to keep that up, keep that goal going. That's right. <laughs> yep, I broke that. <laughs> I have not done that. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with. Um, it is. Even you, you guys probably notice if you're listening to this. I think we took three weeks off instead of two. Or it's two weeks off instead of one, I guess. Um, yeah. In between episodes, we've just been like super busy with stuff. I know Brandon's pretty slammed at work. I've been busy too. Um, a lot going on. <laughs> it's hard with a Always. with a full time <laughs> job trying to run a YouTube channel and a podcast at the same time. Yep. So, but we'll do it, right? That's right. We're yeah. doing our best. It's, it's what we enjoy. <laughs> so I know that we were talking about content production. So I just want to say. I want to set the record straight. About what? I, I, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording the record. Set Actually, the record I have a dad joke for you. Okay. Do you want to hear this? Yeah. D- d- have you heard the rumor about butter? No. What is it? That's okay. I don't want to spread it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. And we're going to end the episode there. (laughs) All righty. That's all for this one. Uh, Appreciate you bearing with us during uh, all our content production woes. Um, (laughs) As always, if you got any questions about electric vehicles or topics you want to hear us discuss on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us on social media. We're at Living Electric Podcast, I think, everywhere. What are we on Twitter? Let's pray. Uh, living electric underscore. <laughs> living electric underscore on Instagram. We're living electric podcast, and then on YouTube we're living electric podcast. So, thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next one. <laughs>